0: Thank you for being up nice and early. Here we go. (laughs) Hello. Happy New Year from Just a Dash, your women's soccer podcast, from the brilliant people at the Striker Texas. Feliz Nuevo Año. ¿Qué Tao Laura Gomez, all the way from Houston. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm here drinking a cafecito. My voice is still a little kind of like waking up. It's it's what time is. I mean, it's not that early, but I I worked late, so it's nine. But, you know, I'm trying to drink some coffee and be refreshed for you because, and Theo, you're not in the U.S.,
0: no, for the second consecutive podcast, we had nice had a nice little Christmas New Year break. We're doing two different continents, two different nations. That's what <laughs> we do at Just the Dash Podcast. Uh, Laura is calling in from the beautiful Houston, and I am back home in grey, rainy, cold, beautiful England. It's absolutely lovely to be back, spending a lot of time with family. Took a little break from the internet, which has got me feeling very Yay. rejuvenated. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, my vacation holiday time off uh, coincided with the unveiling, the real welcoming, the bienvenida mm. of the mm. brilliant Maria Sanchez. So we'll uh, we'll start with that, Laura. Twelfth um, night, Dia de Reyes, uh, there was a gift under the tree yeah. for little old Houston Dash. Walk me through it. What was it like to finally have Maria Sanchez unveiled? I loved your piece. Go and read it on the Striker Texas now. Fabulous piece from Lara, uh, re-welcoming Maria to Houston. But yeah, talk us through it, Lara.
1: Thank you, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was something that, I mean, we, we had talked about it that we're like, okay, so- Quite the lot. first yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the first little hint that the Dash gave us, and I know they did it on purpose. I think they were kind of like trying to build that kind of um mystery or just build the whole ambience of what maria sanchez is to the team so they started off you know with like little hints here of a tifo and then they had like um saying you know this week is going to be a great week on twitter and then they had like a little uh christmas tree picture saying dia de los reyes and blah, blah blah which was amazing and i love that they have like some spanish involvement in it um and then, I mean, prior to that, we had talked about it because they gave themselves away when they were doing like the protected list, right? Like they were like international player protected. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Who could that? So be? of course, <laughs> yeah, of course. We're like, hmm, who could that be? Because I mean, the, the Dash itself isn't really, um, I guess, well known to make huge signings, perhaps as you know, like Gotham has done recently or like, you know, Orlando Pride has done the past of huge, well-known Kansas,
0: names. Kansas City even this year. You exactly. they bringing in yeah. Samuels, Lynn Williams yesterday. We're seeing, we're seeing big names, big yep. money. I agree. This, this does feel like a big moment for the Dash.
1: Exactly. So I think that since this is something that they're not, um, I mean, it hasn't happened as often, perhaps as other teams. I think that they did a great job building it up. And then finally, they told us what we already knew. And I was kind of scared. I was like, what if it's not? i like, no, it has to be. And once they did the teeth, I was like, oh, yeah, it's her. Because her hair, everything. I was like, OK, it's her. And I was like, I'm 100% sure of who it is. So it was, it was, you know, it's nice because people are really, really excited, really looking forward. And I think it's something that the team definitely needs. And it'll, it'll really help out, I think, to um, attract even more people. Like I noticed um, in the last season, even though we're still in the pandemic, I saw a little bit more of. More people, um, perhaps of of, of different, um, I guess areas, coming into the stadium because usually it has it has historically been usually like a younger crowd, like children, girls, families, and then recently I've seen more like a little bit more adults, like you know a couple of friends coming in, more men also, younger men coming in to to watch games, and it's good to see you know a variety because that means that the team is growing into the team. Um, and growing on people, um, and just creating more of that unity, uh, of, you know, feeling, feeling identified with the team, which is something that I think is important.
0: Yeah. And just touching on that last bit, you know, it's something we've talked a lot about. Um, and I, I would recommend listeners if, if this is your first episode of just the dash podcast, welcome. Great to see you. Um, Uh, if, if it's not your first episode, I'm sure you will remember our conversation, um, with Diana or uh, from a few Mm -hmm. episodes ago, I'd go check that out. And we talked a little bit about Latinx representation in the NWSL and she mentioned how much she was affected by uh, Angel City FC in Los Angeles, Uh, having marketing and uh, language and and tweets, um, videos in both English and Spanish. And I do think this Maria signing as it was back in June when she came on loan for that short month, having the English and the Spanish is so important. And the brilliant work the club did with Dia de Reyes, um, as you said, uh, kind of bringing in that tradition, bringing in cultures, bringing in great graphics. I love the TIFO. We've seen that done with every signing. They've done the, the really cool TIFO movie. And then obviously with Maria being such a high-profile signing, we get the fantastic kind of mini-documentary welcome message, which which sort of oh, mir- mirrored I what we it. what we talked about in the last podcast with her goodbye mm-hmm. message to the Two fans. You sort of have... We sort of had that in our pieces. It was sort of adios, la bombi, mm-hmm. bienvenida, la bombi. Um, it was kind of fantastic to see that mirroring, and and like you said, fantastic to see the club saying, hey, this is a, this is a big deal. You know, this is a high profile signing. We're going to put some extra work into showing you what it means. And even more so, thinking back to other signings, you know, Abby Dalcamper was signed last summer, short term. Obviously, there was a lot of reasons behind that deal, but it does feel like maybe the first time in a long time you're seeing a player about to hit their prime who's just won championships, is really looking like they're going to be a serious player in this league and Mm -hmm. they're arriving in Houston. Because even big names like Carly Lloyd, they sort of were coming towards the end of their career. I know Carly went on to play for another seven years, but she was sort of (laughs) maybe, she was winding down at that point and obviously didn't maybe give her best in Houston for a lot of different reasons. And so to have Maria arriving here and saying, this is the league of my dreams, I'm playing my best football and I want to play it here, that does feel different and there is it's just something different i think the energy around the club seems so fantastic
1: yeah and i have to agree with you i think that the, the team was in a different place whenever they signed you know carly lloyd and, and the other two uh national team players um back what year was that i'm trying to remember
0: 2017, a couple years back 2015 mm-hmm. 2017 yeah 17. it was, it was yeah.
1: back then. Back then. <laughs> um, it, I mean it, once, once you really count back it doesn't seem like a lot but it, I mean it, in the history of the team it, it is quite you know in the past I would say and I think that this feeling is a little different because we got to have like a taste of um, Maria's play and just her personality with that small mm. short amount she was here and then coming in it, it's something different because Um, She wanted to be here. And sometimes with the other teams, it was like they were drafted or whatever happened, you know, the the expansion and blah, blah, blah. And the sentiment was different. So with Maria, it's like, I want to be here. Um, She's a well-known name, not not only here in the U.S. now. um, She's not as big as perhaps other names in the U.S., but big enough for people to identify her with a huge team that is Tigres in Mexico. So that also helps out. I mean, we're in Houston And, and, you know, Mexico has, you know, a large population here, a large population from, from Monterrey here in Houston specifically. So I think that that transition from her to here is, is going to be good in the sense of feeling, um, the love and and the difference of, you know, hopefully having sold up stadium, um, eventually, but for her, it is going to be a a change of ambience compared to, to a Volcan, um, you know, to the the stadium here, PNC. But overall, I think that the warmth and the welcoming will be, you know, the same from, you know, Dash fans here.
0: Yeah, I like that you put that in your piece. You were saying, you know, Tigres fans in, in, in Monterey or Texas Mon- Tigres fans, you know, the, the now don't be sad that she's left Tigres. Be happy that you can go and see her play for Houston. And that, that was that mm-hmm. kind of stood out because I was thinking, yeah, there might be people who, who still haven't gone and experienced the Dash. And this could be the gateway for them. And I think you've got to think long-term sometimes with women's football and, and, and the end of cell about where it is in its growth. And, mm. you know, the 2023 World Cup is going to be next year. You know, it's about 18 months away now. If Mexico qualify for that, is Maria going to be the face of that Mexico team reaching more fans than it ever has done before? Because they didn't qualify for the 2019 World Cup. Jamaica qualified from CONCACAF in their place and so you have to think where is Mexico going where is Mexican women's soccer going we all know L3 are the biggest team in North America support wise they out they out support the USA if anything more Americans support Mexico than they do the United States so what is Maria's journey as an international football player how is that going to mm-hmm. happen as she plays with the dash I think that's huge as well We'll see CONCACAF qualifying this summer for next, next year's World Cup. And I assume Mexico will keep making the improvements that they have done. And Maria will be the face of that team when they go to Australia in the summer of 23. So I do think, thinking long-term, not only look at the star player, but the dash of God, but look at the journey she's about to possibly go on as a I'm Houston here. player. Yeah. That is huge. To have that, arguably, the, you know, the, what could be the face of Mexican football for the next 18 months playing in Houston is massive.
1: No, yeah, and I have to agree with you there as well, because the importance of having somebody that connects with both worlds is something huge, and it doesn't really happen that often. Um, Going back to a video that I saw of her, I mean, you know, as a Brown woman here in the u s. things haven't been, you know uh, the easiest. and I and I know that for her they haven't been either. I mean, it's 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 a struggle sometimes to really want to balance out your two different cultures. I mean, I was born in Colombia, but I was brought here very young. She was born in the u s, but her parents, you know, are very um rooted in the Mexican culture. I mean, she speaks it perfectly. She sings songs that are, you know, typically like Mexican um cultured songs specifically. And I know what that feels as being as a Colombian that I only hear like, you know, either cumbia or vallenato or salsas at my house. And then, you know, coming to Texas and, you know, sometimes I'm not a big country fan, but I'll listen to sometimes country. I'm more, you know, like topped and screwed and different things and just uniting both of those cultures. I think that. For me, it hit home because you're trying to balance out both cultures and you're representing a lot of little girls and little boys in general and just kids in general that are trying to balance out those two different cultures and are doing it um, in a prideful way of representing both and knowing that it's okay to be from both places and having a combination of both play, bo- both places. And I think that she's like the epitome of that as well, because she's showing that, you know, she did well in, in, in you know Mexico itself, her, her parents' country, and then the U.S. here too, she's been welcomed. And like you're saying, I think that she's gonna be huge for the Mexican team because, you know, the women's Mexican soccer has evolved quite a lot in the last few months, specifically in the league, um, because we know that, you know, the, the women's U.S. is the one that's leading in, in, in you know, in soccer wise and evolution, even though they didn't have a, an amazing Olympic, um, you know, experience last time, but they still are the leaders in, in, in a lot of senses and a lot of teams look up to them. So, so I think that's one of her thoughts as well, coming to the NW Cell and really, you know, growing as a player and eventually taking that experience and that talent into the Mexican national team.
0: Yeah, and you talk about culture, it would be really cool if she does kind of get involved with the Houston music scene. Uh, she did a song with uh, Leandro Rios uh, in Monterrey, mm-hmm. sort of, uh, I, I forgive me for not knowing the exact genre. It is that sort of Mexican country music, uh, the Señora Soy de Tigres kind of song, the song for Tigres. <laughs> and... Um, Yeah, I think it would be cool if you did get, whether it's Houston or Texas country or maybe Megan the Stallion, maybe Beyonce. (laughs) Why
1: not? Maybe Beyonce
0: puts Maria Sanchez in a video. Um, I think we'd love to see it. So I'm quite excited to see her get involved with the Houston culture. That is is really, really exciting. Um, Well, let's wrap up the Maria section there. Yeah, it was a massive post New Year week uh, for the club and and like we said something we've we've been looking forward to for so long Um, a couple of other bits of of news here especially involving new players or old players kind of committing their future to the club yesterday we saw Lindsay Harris sign a new contract which was expected we'd had the news that Lindsay had been offered a contract we were kind of just waiting for her to sign Mm -hmm. it and obviously we got the announcement yesterday that she signed up for the 2022 season she becomes the third goalkeeper now on the roster Ella De Derek. Um, was traded for just before the break, uh, before Christmas. She is coming in from the OL Reign. Uh, It sounds like she's probably going to sign a contract as well. I I don't believe we've had confirmation of that, but they'll be predominantly Harris and uh, Dederick will be playing behind Jane Campbell, who obviously is the the number one keeper mm-hmm. and might be missing some time for those CONCACAF qualifiers with the US national team. Potentially, time will tell there. So, looking at the goalkeepers now, we have Laura uh, Campbell, we kind of assume is the out and out number one club captain. But then you yeah. got Harris and Derek. Who we haven't really seen too much of um, from Ol Reign, although she I think she went and played in Europe before she came back to the NWSL. Um, who do you think is going to be the number two keeper? That's kind of my question. And and what? How did you feel seeing Lindsay Harris? get her contracted extended you can tell from social media she is a very popular player
1: yeah I think yeah I think that Lindsay Harris is will be the second um in line after Campbell um I think that she is being like um kind of not not I don't want to say the word tailored but kind of like brought to be that eventually perhaps either in the dash or another team to be the number one um a goalie because she has a lot of potential I mean she's young and we saw the talent that she has she went up there like she was an experienced player knowing that she played you know serious tough seriously tough games last season when when you know Jane was was not here because she was off um in the Olympics so she has the personality she has the confidence she has a talent that backs it up and i think it's just all around and i think that's why she's one of the favorite ones too because she's very active in social media and the video she's always like trying to goof around play around she's just you know herself whether the cameras are on or off she's always herself so i think that's very important because her transparency um just kind of flows through and it's really like you know this is her whether you're you're friends with her, whether you're a colleague with her, you're interviewing her, I think that her personality is always like the same, um, very transparent, very, you know, um, I think very outgoing, funny, uh, goofy. And I think that people like that because they feel connected to her in a sense of not only seeing her play as a goalie, but also seeing her like, oh, she's funny. I like her, I like her personality and blah, blah, blah. So I think that people are very happy with her signing. Like I said, not only for her, you know, personality but her talent i think that uh yes she's still young yes she has things that she has to work on but i think that the important basics and talent is there to make her eventually i would say a very well-known goalie overall
0: yeah i think we we didn't really see the best of her last year i think when she came in like you said campbell goes out for the u.s national team everyone was very excited to see her because she was so popular with her sort of energy and enthusiasm on the sidelines and I think Mm -hmm. she was sort of doing okay and then there was the 5-0 or sorry 5-1 Shea Green scores in that game the 5-1 against OL Reign and she was obviously in Mm -hmm. goal for that made some mistakes everyone had a bad day it wasn't just Lindsay Harrison oh it
1: was yeah but I think that
0: game sort of broke her a little bit and and probably her confidence like you said she's a young player and that's her first time experiencing that she played you know she was a state champion uh in austin texas she's she's from she grew up here and and then she goes to unc you know incredibly successful college career so she's very much used to winning and that was probably the first time in her life that she's really had you know goals raining down mistakes can't focus you're under pressure you're getting nervous in goal and i think i even remember the first time we interviewed her i think it was that first game of the season larry you and i were both there the zero zero and She got a clean sheet. She played very well, actually. She made that one really nice save right in front of the press box um, uh, in Houston. And and I remember she looked so nervous because she was sort of her first big press conference Mm -hmm. as a starting goalkeeper. And so you're going to get mistakes. I think she's hard to evaluate. I think I don't really know what she is yet, but that's obviously we're going to learn that in time. And I'm glad she's coming back because, like you said, I think maybe what she offers off the pitch, in in the dressing room, behind the scenes, she's now been in Houston for a couple of seasons. I think that is really valuable. Uh, And I definitely would like to see her grow more. And if Jane does go to play with the U S we will see a little bit more of her. And obviously we know the challenge cup is going to be a little bit longer this year. It's going to be about five or six games. So we might see her early on in March, April in some of those early warm-up matches in the cup competitions to maybe see a little bit more Harris. Um, I do know some people, uh, some other journalists from Seattle who do really like Ella to So I do think the number two position is going to be pretty well contested. And I I could Mm -hmm. see Harris dropping down to the number three and We might see them both play in the Challenge Cup as as James Clarkson looks to figure out who the backup is. Um, Yeah. So time will tell. I I definitely think we will see some Harris this year. And like I said, we didn't really see the best of her last year and it wasn't all her fault. Um, But a couple of tough games there in the middle.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that she has, she has wrong. What I saw more than the mistakes, I think that. I, you know, goalies, being a goalie is a tough position, right? Because sometimes very, very goals, could you, you know, it's, it, I mean, they blame you for goals that you're like, okay, that wasn't a really a goalie goal, but I think she has the raw talent to become a really, really good goalie. Um, and now, you know, with, with the one that, you know, came from, from rain uh, I've seen some highlights of her. I can't really judge and say I think that she's going to take the second one. But I do agree with you that I I think James will eventually start to either, you know, trade them or kind of see which one is going to officially take on that number two position. So I'm looking forward to really looking at, you know, different games with different goals and just see how the whole um, kind of connection is with the entire team to see how the team plays with, you know, different players.
0: And if you're wondering what happened to Amanda Dennis, who was the third string goalie on the team in the 2021 season, she has retired. She's going to move on to a different career. I think she's going to be working um, in medicine or or as a paramedic or I could be totally wrong about that. Um, But you can go and check out an interview we did with Amanda Dennis on the Just The Dash podcast for the Striker Texas uh, in our episode list, which can be found on our website, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, before we get out of here and round up just a little bit of a kind of fun catch up off season episode. I did want to talk to you, Laura, uh, you know, we talked about Maria Sanchez coming in, Lindsay Harris signing our contract. We're, you know, we're a few weeks away from the start of the preseason first of February, the players will be reporting back. Um, I've been kind of hearing some rumors and hearing some things from England that the dash are scouting around uh, the English leagues. Um, mm. The trade window is now open in Europe it, it, in in, in America, there's a much bigger trade window. In Europe, it's only open for the month of January. So European players have until the 31st of January to leave, um, and then the window will sh- will slam shut. Um, so we might see some player movement over the next few weeks. If you look at the Dash roster, Laura, what positions or maybe name a player you like from a different club who you think could be going poached and end up in Houston ahead of the 2022 season?
1: I mean, I don't want to give you names because I'll end up, you know, with like a 40... 40- player roster so yes <laughs> <laughs> i mean what,
0: what positions uh, then what, what upgrades could we be looking at
1: um i think as of right now what you know we were kind of talking a little bit off off camera and i i would agree with you as well i think that a good defense player is needed i think that um with some of the players that are gone, um, or not signed as of right now, I, I would say that we need a player that sparks, um, that has that kind of toughness. Um, not that, you know, gets yellow cards and stuff like that, because sometimes people misinterpret what I'm saying in that sense, but that, that is tough. That won't, that is not scared to, you know, um, kind of go head to head with another player and, you know, um, use the body as you're supposed to use it in, in, in certain soccer situations. Um, so I think a player like that is something that every team needs, so the one that's kind of like not scared to go there and just kind of, you know go towards the ball without fear. Um, and I would say that a good position to have those characteristics and definitely would be defense.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It feels like that is, you know, here we are, 11th of January 2022, a few weeks away from preseason, And, you know, it might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen until March, maybe when the Challenge Cup is underway. But it still feels like, unless Clarkson wants to go in with with maybe moving some midfielders or forwards around, it feels like we're very short on defence. It still feels like that. We obviously saw Julia Ashley signed um, right around the the draft. Um, She can play at left-back, right-back, or in the centre-back position. So she's definitely versatile. But like you are saying, she might not be quite the fighter or the experienced mm. kind of warrior that you're looking for. It looks like they need to go out and get a more experienced players. And I've heard a little bit of, of, of some kind of transfer rumours around the dash. Like I said, I know they've been scouting in England. And it sounds like maybe they've been looking at some midfielders, especially for set-piece takers, to replace Christy Mewis leaving. Mm. But I haven't really heard anything about the defenders they might be after. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens there? Because I totally agree that, you know, we love Katie Norton at Centre Defence. We love Megan Oyster. But who who's going to be kind of backing them up? I know Anika Schmidt um, did get a new contract, so she will come back. But she didn't play a single minute last year. So we've got exactly. Schmidt, who we've never really seen play. Julia Ashley, we're not so sure about. Or maybe she's a good kind of stopgap. But really, getting like you said, that kind of experienced defender who can fill in for Norton or Oyster or even Alicia Chapman, um, who, who has had a fantastic time at, at the Dash, but is getting a little bit older, and obviously exactly. will be going off to play with Canada as well. So it feels like maybe a left-sided centre back or a left back um, with lots of experience, either in the end of or abroad. That is the position they need.
1: Yeah, I would say char- I would characteristics like Chap. I would uh, definitely we need another Chap. Want. Can I we mean, clone
0: Chappie?
1: I mean, can we? I mean, that would be the one that I would kind of be looking towards similar characteristics in a sense to really unite that back because she is. I mean, one of the toughest, bravest, amazing players that you could ever really have the opportunity to really see her playing so i think that yeah if she's gonna be off with canada uh yeah something there is missing for sure
0: all right well yeah we'll uh, we'll wrap up our little happy new year um happy maria sanchez happy lindsey harris episode there and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back with you next week um, with lots of fun stuff as we get into the new year gets going we're only a couple of weeks away now from the preseason starting and just a few months from the season starting not having a schedule yet, but I'm sure that'll get sorted out soon. Uh Laura, have a lovely rest of your Tuesday. You and too. it's lovely to see you. Welcome back. We're all feeling nice and rested. Uh don't, <laughs> are we? Are we? Yeah, it's true. I'm are feeling we? I'm feeling nice and rested. Uh Laura uh, obviously had a fun, fantastic time in Colombia up to Christmas. I've had a nice christmas um so we're all getting our energy back and getting excited about football Uh, and league mx actually started yesterday so catch some of those highlights if you can listener and subscribe to striker texas uh follow women's football we love to see it laura hasta luego